Hey, this is Amber. I hope you can hang around till the end of this episode because I can't wait to tell you what's happening on Little Things in February. Today's episode is called Learning to Adjust. We're going to discover some tips to hopefully help us to do just that. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, worrier, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. So back in September, when the wildfires were really raging in California, I reached out to a friend of mine who lives in California, and I just asked how his family was doing and if they were safe and had everything they need. And he responded that, yes, they were. And um, the only issues they were dealing with were the air quality and the smoke, which was making you know the air very hazy, so it was a little bit dismal. But he was quick to add that, you know, People who had lost their homes, the firefighters, there were a lot of people in in dire straits. And so they were they were fine. He wasn't complaining. He was just reporting the facts to me. And I mentioned to him that if 2020 had taught us anything, perhaps the lesson that was waiting to be learned, if it hadn't previously been learned, is that we need to learn to adjust and to do so without complaining. And he wrote back and he said, totally agree. Yes, same. That's what we're working on here too. So I just thought, well, maybe we'll tackle this from a biblical perspective and see what we can bring into this sort of as a life lesson. So several places in the Bible remind us that we are not in control. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Jeremiah 10.23 says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. We could go on to James, who uh, in the New Testament says, you know, you go and you plan all these things. Well, you don't even know what's going to happen. So God is careful to make sure that we understand we have a limited point of view. So, you know, while it's good to be able to make plans we can't be assured that those plans are going to turn out because we're just not in control of so many things. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have felt so many times in 2020 that I stumbled, that I was knocked over or the rug was swept out from underneath my feet, and I wasn't quite sure how to get my bearings again. You know, the Lord comes alongside us during those times and picks us up until we regain our our footings and we're on solid ground again, and and then we're able to keep going and withstand whatever's going on. And, you know, I think it's important to note that, you know, the pandemic is one thing, but there's a whole lot of things that can sweep us off our feet. A financial tragedy, a diagnosis, a crisis of some sort, you know, an accident, a traumatic event, a natural disaster, Um, many things, a death, a, a very untimely death, many things can sweep us off our feet. 
And how do we adjust during those times when we're finding ourselves stumbling? Well, I have three tips. And tip number one is to remember that God is still on the throne. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Man, if you're going to God for your help, you are going to the right place because God made the heavens and the earth. God created them. I cannot make a potholder. I can barely make a good meal a lot of times. I am not a reliable person in terms of being able to make a whole lot of adjustments in someone else's life. If if a family member of yours um, dies or you get a diagnosis, I may not be able to do a whole lot to make that situation better. God is not in the same boat. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He can do what we can't. And the gospel writers wanted to make sure that we knew that because They recorded Jesus' words saying things like, nothing is impossible with God, or everything is possible for the one who believes, or faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. We go to God because God is on the throne. He hasn't left the throne. So often we are blindsided when these things happen, right? We didn't see them coming. We didn't know this was going to happen. God is not in the same position. He knew this was going to happen. And and a lot of times as we look back, and again, not in the moment, when when we've been blindsided, when we're stumbling, when we're staggering a little bit, um, but as we look back, sometimes we can see how God had put things in place to help us along the way. So we adjust by remembering, even when we're going through things that are really sort of difficult, God is still on the throne. And this is the beautiful thing. We have access to him. Jim Elliott, the missionary um, who was killed by the very people he, he wanted to save, said this, God is still on the throne. We're still on his footstool. And there's only a knee's distance between. We have access to that throne. And it's called prayer. So that's going to help us to adjust. Tip number two for adjusting, contentment. We've been praying in our family and our nightly prayers and devotions for contentment for about 10 years now because our natural sinful nature wants to look out for me, myself, and I, and we always want more. We're not very content with what we have. Well, the Apostle Paul had some lessons for us to learn. He said in Philippians 4, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Notice what Paul did not say. He didn't say, I can do all things when God gives me everything I want and ask for. He said, God gives me strength. There are going to be times of need and there are going to be times of want. We know this. Anyone who's been alive for any amount of time knows that there have been some pretty lean years. There have been times that we weren't quite sure how things were going to work out. And yet God got us through. 
So we learn to be content. And I think that's a key word there is learned. Learn to be content even when you don't have everything you want. Paul went on in 1 Timothy um, chapter 6 to say this, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Could you say that same thing? Because I am fairly positive I couldn't. I want shelter. Food and clothing isn't quite the extent of my needs. I have a family. I, I need a place where we are sheltered from the elements. Um, and I've found, as I've examined our lives, we place a lot of wants in the need box. My daughters just recently cleaned through their room and um, really went through everything in a way that they hadn't before, as in took everything out of the room, went through everything, and then only put back what they really, really wanted to keep. And um, my daughter came to me and she said, why did I think I needed all this? (laughs) I said, oh, that is such a huge lesson. If you can learn that at this age, you are going to be so far ahead because we often get trapped into thinking our wants, our needs. So we think that we need the latest laptop or phone. We need a better car, even though the car still runs. We need newer furniture because it looks a little worn. Uh, We can fill that need word in a lot of places when it really is a want word. John the Baptist preached repentance prior to Jesus' ministry. And when the people came to him at the Jordan River, they asked, what should we do? And he responded, anyone who has two tunics should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Note John's idea of excess. More than one. If you have more than one shirt, you have enough to share with someone else. Um, I'm not sure what John the Baptist would say if he saw some of our homes. <laughs> we have far exceeded that, John. And again, that goes back to what are our needs and what are our wants? When we commingle those, we tend to have far less contentment, which is why it's important to remember our needs. You know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer for daily bread, but a lot of times we don't mean that. I don't just want bread, Lord. I want steak and shrimp. Um, think of the children of Israel when they were wandering in the desert. They didn't really want manna. They really wanted those pots of food that they had in Egypt. Manna didn't really cut it. And so often we are in the exact same situation. And if we're really honest, we're not super content with daily bread either. I don't just want what I need to get through today. I want what I need to get through this week. I want what I need to get through this month, this year, and even to the rest of my life. I would love to have a fully funded retirement fund. I don't want just the little bit that I can put in right now. I want it fully funded so I can know that I don't have to worry about that. That is not depending on God for our daily bread. Daily bread is having what we need 
to get through today. And that's going to give us contentment. And that's going to help us adjust to whatever our circumstances are, even if they're not what we want them to be. Paula Rolls said this, contentment does not mean I desire nothing, but rather it's the simple decision to be happy with what I have. Again, the word, the key word there is decision. It doesn't mean I wouldn't love to have more. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't love to have better. It just means that I am deciding that this is what God has provided in this season and it's enough and I will thank him for it. Tip number three, God has our best purposes and plans in mind. When we remember that, we are far less concerned that maybe this isn't all going to work out. The people of Israel were going to head into exile. And Jeremiah the prophet said to them these words from God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Imagine going into exile and hearing those words. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Even when we go through hard times, we need to remember our Father in heaven loves us. We are valuable to him. He is a father who gives good gifts to his children. He has our best in mind. Even when we are going through trials, even when we are going through really painful situations, he's not on the throne rejoicing in our sorrow. He is on the throne making sure we have what we need to get through each day. He is on the throne sending his spirit to prompt other people to help us, to come alongside of us. And haven't you felt that? I know I certainly have. There have been times in my life when we are on our faces because of what has happened. And our Christian friends have stopped over with a meal or they have sent a card, or a text, or an email that says, we are praying for you. We are praying for your family. Um, So many people have come at different times and offered help. And you know, yeah, they can't take the heavy burden from you. But they can certainly come alongside you and help you carry it for just a little while. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That is so hard to remember during the really hard times. When you are in a painful situation that just never seems to be letting up, it can be so hard to think anything good is going to come of it. And yet, how often don't we look back at that situation 10 years later and say, you know, that changed me. 
I am not the same person I was, and this is how it changed me, and I am so grateful for it. Um, there's a quote that says, sometimes the bad things that happen in our lives put us directly on the path to the best things that will ever happen to us. And please note, sometimes. I'm not saying every time bad things happen, that projects you onto the the best path for your life. It's, it's hard to say that every time because there are things that are tragic that happen that you know, that change our, our lives in a negative way and we, we would have never asked for that. But sometimes, some of the trials, some of the adjustments that we make certainly put us on a much better path for our life if we are able to remember that God is still on the throne, that we have reason to be content, and that God has our best plans and purposes in mind. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you know somebody who could use this podcast today, will you share it with them? And don't forget to rate and review this podcast as that really puts the podcast in front of other people. It makes it more visible to people when a podcast is rated and has good reviews. Thanks for sticking around. Starting next week and all throughout February, I'm focusing on love. Don't worry, I won't get gushy or overly romantic because I'm going to get real. We're going to be talking about when love seems impossible, as in how do we love our enemies and our spouse during those hard seasons. We're going to be talking about loving our children through the not-so-fun stages, and we'll even talk about loving ourselves. I hope you can grab a cup of coffee and join me on Little Things.